Sports Podcast feed is available on iTunes, Spotify, and Anchor. Please be sure to subscribe to be all new podcasts from the IB Network. Uh, this includes the Weekly Gambling Podcast, the Backdoor Cover, the RC Report, the College Football Podcast. Uh, me and Sam Howell last night did a The Boys Season 2 uh, review that was a lot of fun. That is up on there. Um, you can also follow Ivy Sports on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Facebook group does have a premium membership that allows you to post without being an admin. You can levy fines, be commissioner for a day, you receive free gambling pick, and a whole lot more. And with that, man, the weekly daily fantasy league uh, with Keith Fleming and Joe Matz. The next probably three to five minutes is going to be a lot of gloating. Uh, Joe's a little bit more humble than I am. I'm not going to be. We're giving like just unbelievable picks. This is the second week in a row that we had honestly over half our picks. Anybody that plays DraftKings know you don't want to see that ice symbol next to your guy. You want to see that fire symbol next to your guy uh, either during his matchup or just after it because that means he has scored well above what he was projected to and he's in the high tier of people at that position and man you would have had a lot of the fire emojis next to the players that we gave you last week i do want to go over these before we get into it just because i keep advertising this me and joe spend a lot of time on these picks uh we do research and we both really feel like we found a you know a strategy that is working so um, last week, and, and we always include our bus too. I don't want people to think that they're all winners. That's impossible. But <laughs> no, definitely not. Like at quarterback last week, I had Josh Allen at seventy five hundred. That was a bust. I had Ryan Tannehill at six thousand. Boy, was that a winner! I talked about how bad Buffalo's secondary has been. He scored twenty nine point nine points. Uh, we both had Daniel Jones as our, our low guy. That was a bust. Uh, but we, we said that it was a boomer bust and this was only in a situation where you were feeling desperate and were trying, you know, felt really confident about high tier guys in other positions. Both Joe's high and middle tier guy went off. Watson at 6,900 at 29.86 points. Bridgewater for 5,900. We told y'all Panthers, 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 receivers, quarterbacks. He had 23.82 points. Ironically, running back was our worst position. We both had Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who has yeah. really been disappointing <laughs> since week one. I had David Johnson, which I should be slapped for. Uh, <laughs> you made a great pick of Josh Jacobs at $6,000. That was 22.5 points. My man Chase Edmonds came through for me again two weeks in a row, $4,700, 20.2 points. I told you to pick him up in your weekly leagues. The Chase Edmonds era is coming in Arizona because – Oh, yeah. Uh, it, I, I don't know what the deal is, but um, he's the better running back. Like right now, he is the better running back. He's averaging like seven yards a carry. I think it's like eight yards a catch. They're going to play him more and more. Uh, Antonio Gibson was uh, Joe's other uh, play at 5,000. It was a bust. Uh, Tyler Lockett and Justin Jefferson. Jefferson being a bust is not that surprising. Lockett was just bad luck. I was so close to giving Metcalf. I said you could take either one of them. I picked the wrong guy, uh, but I did give CeeDee Lamb. I talked about it, $6,000. His value is just going to continue to go up. He went for 23.4. Man, did Joe give you some receivers. Adam Thielen, his high tier, $7,000, 30 points. Uh, Robbie Anderson, who we both, he was also my flex at 5,900, 22.5. 
And I thought Joe's best pick, I think Darius Slayton was 5,100 last week. He got 28.6 points, almost came back to beat me in one of my DraftKings uh, <laughs> contests I was in. Like, I thought it was over and then realized he had Slayton. He was scoring all these points. At tight end, I had Darren Waller at 5,900. He scored 15.8 points. Uh, I told you guys about Janu Smith or Janu Smith, however you say it. I've been on him all season. He had 21 points at 4,900 last uh, week. He was my favorite play at tight end. Uh, Allie Cox at 4,200. He got hurt, but that's a bust. Joe also gave you Waller. Uh, Logan Thomas at 3,500 was a bust, but Hunter Henry. At 40, every week, every week. He's coming to the points. <laughs> Don't worry. He's going to get it. Hunter Henry at 4,300 had 12.3 points. Uh, and then for our flexes, again, my man Joe, his picks are on fire. Chris Carson, 6,400, had 19.9 points. Todd Gurley at 5,700, had 28 points. That won me a bunch of money. I had Gurley in a couple lineups because of that. Uh, I would have not thought to play him. Uh, and honestly, my flexes were going to be good. I had Robbie Anderson at 5,900 again. He had a great game, 22.5. But Keenan Allen at 6,400. In the first drive, he had two catches for 30 yards and a touchdown, and he got hurt. Oh. So, I mean, it's a bust, but I feel like that he would have had the game that I said he would have. And then we also gave you the Steelers, the Bucks, and the Texans. The uh, Steelers had 10 points, the Bucks had six, and the Texans had nine. So it was a really good week for us. And honestly, looking at this week, I, I was telling you, I feel almost just as confident, if not more confident, about the picks this week because, again, we're getting further into the season these are trends now. These are these are things that we can easily see. This team is bad against the run. This team is bad against the pass. And I think that's the best scenario is you can find a matchup of a guy who you think is talented or who is playing well against a bad defense. It doesn't have to be against the worst-ranked defense. You just need to find a matchup of a guy you trust in a situation against, you know, a vulnerability for the other team. Um, let's start right at quarterback. I'm going to go ahead and tell you my top tier. There, there's so many good plays at quarterback this week. There really is. I thought about going with Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, the Browns have been deceptively, because I had to go back and look. They've been really bad against the pass. Like, I thought maybe it was just the Dak game. No, they have, like, they played Washington, and that's why their ranking is not crazy. But, boy, they've given up some really big games uh, throughout the season. But, I mean, I'm going to start with Kyler Murray. Uh, you got Monday night against that Cowboys defense. There's really not much else I have to say. Uh, the Cowboys defense continues to be bad. Uh, you know, no offense to Daniel Jones. He didn't have a great game. But if you look at what Slayton did, and I'm going to get Kyler Murray, uh, you know, with Hopkins. Kirk is starting to show signs of life. Uh, I think they're going to use Chase Edmonds a little bit more. I, I just – Murray on a Monday night stage, too. I think he seems to be that kind of player that he's going to want to show out on top of that. He's going to probably be able to run on them as well. You know, the Cowboys are in that conversation with the Falcons, uh, the Seahawks, and it's looking like the Bills that just every week their quarterback like has got a great chance to go off on them. So Kyler Murray is my top-tier guy at 7,300. Who's yours, Joe? Uh, on this one, I'm just going to double down with you. I mean, Kyler Murray's been fantastic in fantasy. He's had a couple off games in reality, but right. in fantasy, I believe he's had at least 24 points every week on DraftKings. And again, it's the it's Dallas defense. It's 12 touchdowns allowed. Only the Falcons and Saints have given up more in passing. They only have one, one interception on the year, so they're not really <laughs> taking away a lot of points. 
And then Kyler has a rushing touchdown in four or five games. So even if even if he has some off Daniel Jones-esque passing game this week, he's still going to give you like 30, 40 yards on the ground and a good chance of a TD. So, I mean, you're again, you're guaranteed 20-some points. And considering it's Dallas, my expectation is 30-plus. And I love a guy like Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson because they 40-yard touchdown run. And it's yeah. like, there's 10 points right there <laughs> with nothing else. You know what I mean? And a play exactly. that will take 10 seconds, uh, which is just such an advantage at quarterback. Again, there's a lot of good matchups at quarterback this week. I was looking at, like, Matt Ryan in that middle tier. Minnesota's secondary has been awful. Obviously, Kirk Cousins because Atlanta's secondary is so bad that I just I, – I can't trust Kirk Cousins. I can't ever pick him. But <laughs> I actually went with Matthew Stafford at 6,300. He's a little bit cheaper than these other guys, which is one reason I did. And he's quietly scored at least 17 points in each game this season. He's thrown at least two touchdowns in the last three games. And he is facing a, Jag- a Jaguar secondary that it's bad. Like, it is. It's not one of the ones that most people think of. But you got to look at who they played. Rivers, Philip Rivers, the guy that has looked so bad, he threw for 350 against this secondary. Uh, Fitzpatrick, or Fitzmagic, as we like to say, threw for two touchdowns. Burrow threw for 300 yards uh, with that awful offensive line he has. And remember how everybody was saying, what's wrong with Deshaun Watson? What's wrong with the Texans' offense? They just needed to face the Jaguars last week because <laughs> he threw for 359 yards and three touchdowns. So you have a bad secondary against Matthew Stafford, who, again, he scored at least 17 points. He scored more than 20 in the last two weeks. And Kenny Galladay is back. He's just played the last two weeks. Uh, Galladay is another guy I really like this week. I don't think I included him on my picks, but uh, he is somebody to definitely look at. He's had at least, I think, six targets in each game. I think he scored a touchdown in each game. And, again, the Jaguars' defense, our secondary particularly, is really bad. I just could see Stafford, again, throwing two, three touchdowns. And I have a lot of guys this week, and Stafford's one of them. That I think they have a really low floor this week where, again, Stafford's going to probably get at least that 17 to 20 points if he gets hot and, say, throws four touchdowns or somehow they get down to the Jaguars and he has to throw a lot because he's thrown at least 40 times in each game. Uh, you can see Stafford have a monster game, so it's a low risk with a potential, you know, of having a really big game, and that's how a lot of my picks are this week. But Stafford at 6,300 is my mid-tier pick. What's yours? So he's probably my favorite mid-tier pick as well just because I think that Jags defense is just <laughs> utterly awful. I mean, I, I know in DVOA for Football Outsiders, they are dead last, so they are worse than the Falcons in – passing defense i mean they played the colts the dolphins and the Bengals, and they're still in the bottom tier <laughs> of secondary you know numbers for fantasy points yards all that stuff it, it's like yeah. what you're saying it, the the whole picture and sometimes that's where you have to look at who teams have played yeah i mean so they're completely awful and i am all, all big on staff to give us a little more variety, I am going to roll the dice and say I like Kirk Cousins this week. I can't blame you. My, my um, secondary, Jesus. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, Kirk Cousins, obviously, we all know, you can never truly love picking Kirk Cousins. But hey, this one is not a primetime game, so that's already a win. <laughs> and, I, you know, he hasn't been good this year, but if you remove the Colts game where he was just truly awful, he's averaging 18.8 points outside of that game. So he's given you decent numbers. And again... He's got Galladay healthy, which he didn't have for the first few weeks. 
And it's the Falcons' defense. Again, tied for dead last, 15 touchdowns allowed, passing. Only two picks, 31st in passing yards allowed. And I know I said this last week when we picked Teddy Bridgewater, and it hasn't changed, 118 QB rating. So, I mean, it's it's the Falcons are a great play for pretty much anyone. Whoever's playing the Falcons, just take that guy, and you'll more than likely get a good return on investment. Unfortunately, all that is true, and I'm a huge Falcons <laughs> fan. So, uh, but at least Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov are gone, so it's a new day. I don't expect the defense to get better, though. That uh, they're so young. It's sec- in the secondary. They still have all those injuries at safety. Like, I mean, that's one thing I will give Dan Quinn is this year there really wasn't you know much he could do. So my bottom tier guy, I'm going with the the. <laughs> The, what did they call him? The Red Rocket? Is that what they called uh, Andy uh, the, Dalton and Cincy? I think the more complimentary one was the Red Rifle. But Red Rifle. Okay. <laughs> the Red Rifle. I'm going with Andy Dalton. 5,800. Uh, 5, Dalton has proven in his time in Cincy that at least in the regular season, he can put up points. Like, you really can. He was yeah. a really good fantasy football. Kind of one of those sleeper guys like Matt Ryan the last few years that you could get late in a draft and he'd always be kind of in that middle to upper middle tier of points per game. Um, and they're facing an Arizona secondary that you got to understand their numbers are pretty good, but they faced Washington and the jets. So two of their five games, they faced two teams that just flat out cannot throw the football like at all. So in the three games against decent passing units, and again, these are decent. Lions, the Niners, and the Panthers, they've all thrown for at least 250 yards, and they've all thrown for two touchdowns. The best of those three, the Panthers, threw for 360 yards and three touchdowns. This Cowboys receiving trio is by far the best they faced all season. Dalton is really cheap. I mean, he's 5,800. He's one of the lowest guys in there. And all you need to do is look in last week's game against a giant secondary that I actually think is better overall than this Cardinal secondary. And Dalton was immediately able to move the ball just coming fresh off the street. That was without planning to play. I mean, honestly, when you have a guy like Deck Prescott in front of you, you're not expecting to play ever. Uh, and I like Andy Dalton this week, and especially at that cost. If you're trying to build a lineup with a cheap quarterback, and putting money elsewhere, I really like Dalton this week. He's my low tier. What's yours? Uh, so, yeah, first of all, again, I just want to reiterate that I, I am in on this pick as well. I mean, I'm looking at the – to your point about Arizona's passing numbers looking decent, but they're actually not being good as a team. On PFF, their top-ranked corner in is their nickel corner, Byron Murphy, who's ranked 60th. Patrick Peterson is ranked 95th this year on PFF. So you're not getting classic Peterson so far this year. And you got to guard Cooper, Lamb. Yeah, you got three guys. And Schultz has been good at tight end. So. Yeah. But the guy I'm going to roll with, because I'm, I'm all about just taking the risky QBs, <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick has been awesome since week one. He was terrible against the Patriots. Every week since, he scored at least 25. That's insane. And so who I, is he facing this week? That, that's like the, the coup de gras. The New York Jets, who are 28th in the adjusted sack rate, so they get no pressure <laughs> on anyone. Three of their starting DBs have grades of 51 or below on PFF. So this is... 
you know, the Jets in no way are the A team of the NFL. Like they are just bad across the board. We're all just waiting for Adam Gase to get fired. And Ryan Fitzpatrick has been on a roll, so I say just just keep riding it. Remember, this is a team that let Brett Rippon throw for 240 yeah. yards and two touchdowns on it. Right, and the only thing that the Jets have done is they've picked off a decent number of passes, but a lot of that is from the Brett Rippon game. So Fitzpatrick at 5,900, I think, you know, him or Dalton, take either of the guys that you would never want to be your starting QB in real life. But in fantasy, I think both of those guys are great values this week. Yeah, especially with the defenses they're playing. And last week we proved with Bridgewater. I'm not saying Bridgewater's not a decent quarterback, but you knew he was going to be able to pick on the Falcons. He did. We talked about the receivers. Both uh, Anderson and Moore had big games, which we talked about. You could take either one of them. Uh, Moving on to running back, I made a really late swap here uh, because I – I originally wanted to go with Madison of Minnesota, uh, but I, I I just I figured you would probably get him honestly, and I don't like when we agree on it, so I passed on him. Then I had James Conner, who has been playing really well the last couple of weeks, been more a focal point to Pittsburgh. But then I looked at Cleveland has actually been pretty good against the run and just really bad against the pass. And then I found my man Derrick Henry, seventy three hundred dollars. Henry has scored 19 points or more in three of the four games. He gets a Texas defense that gave up 130 yards and two touchdowns to Delvin Cook, 109 yards and a touchdown to James Conner, 176 yards on 21 carries and a touchdown to the Ravens' backfield. That does not include Lamar Jackson. And then Edwards Hilaire who has done nothing since week one, had 138 yards on 25 carries and a touchdown. The Titans are on a short week. I think that makes it more likely they're going to be more run-heavy, less sophisticated. And the last time he faced the Texans' defense, week 17 of last year, he had 32 carries for 211 yards and three touchdowns. The more I thought about it, I love Derrick Henry this week. Uh, I think they're going to pound it, and he is starting to look more and more like Derrick Henry. He had two touchdowns this last week. The week before, he had 130 yards. I expect him to run a lot on the Texans and, and pretty easily. All right, so, so so the irony is you were trying to avoid agreeing with me, and that's who my tier one <laughs> running back is. Derrick Henry, I love it. Yeah, I mean, he – He's again, Derek Henry's a beast. When we saw him, who who did he almost murder this week? That cor- uh, it was uh, the corner that uh, from uh, Washington and Carolina. The uh, oh. God, I cannot believe I'm blanking on this. Damn it. Was it's it Allen? Uh, I hated uh, him too. God, there was a stretch uh, right. right. Uh, Josh, Josh Norman. Norman. Josh there Norman. we go. Look at that. We got yeah. it at the same time too. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> we all know how good Derek Henry can be, and he's facing again, like you said. Texans defense has been awful against the run. They're second to last in rushing yards per game. And just for a little bonus, last year, Derrick Henry against the Houston Texans averaged 148 and a half yards, and he scored three touchdowns. So he he won me uh, the one of my the IBN league that I was in last week because he's I think he scored like 35 points week 16 or something against the Texans. So he is. Uh, I love him to speak. 
he has dominated the AFC South. Too. That was something I noticed uh, looking back from this year and last year. It's almost like if he's playing the Colts, the Jaguars, or the Texans, you can almost put him down for 100 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I love that play. As you can say, though, there is some other guys at the top that you do want to look at. But I, I do think that Henry is, again, the safest where you have a really yeah. low floor uh, and a potential for just, I mean, you know, he has the ability to have 30, 40 point games uh, on the regular. So my second guy or middle tier is David Montgomery at 5,800. Um, he is facing one of the worst defenses at least run defenses in the league in the Panthers. They're 31st in fantasy points uh, allowed. And because they're on a winning streak, people forget uh, how bad the Panthers have been against running backs. They are like running backs for other teams are averaging 37.4 points per game. 37.4 <laughs> points per game. Like I had to look at that three times and be like, what? Now, that does include every running back on the roster, so third down, but, but still 37.4 points per game. Montgomery comes in having his highest reception total of the season. He had seven catches versus the Bucks. He's had at least five targets in the last three games coming out of the backfield, which is good. He has a long week to prepare for this game, and, I mean, the Bears – they're going to need to run the ball. I really believe that oh, to yeah. win this game because the Panthers are good and the Panthers can throw it. Uh, and that Montgomery is their back. I mean, he gets the goal line carries. He beats three down most of the time. I know they, they put Cohen in there some, but I think Montgomery at 5,800 with what the Panthers have done, obviously if we're seeing this kind of research that they're that bad against the uh, run, you know, the bears see that. And that's probably where they're going to start attacking them, trying to open thing up for Nick Foles and those receivers down the field. Yeah. I, uh, the Carolina run defense is kind of like the Falcons pass defense. It's just, if, if there's any talent on the other side, bet on that. Todd Gurley had 120 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, what do you need to know? Best. Yeah, old man Gurley. And yeah, one of those was a breakaway. It wasn't yep. like they just pounded it in. Uh, my tier two guy, I like Jonathan Taylor this week. He's 6,400. I know he, you know, I feel like he's a guy we keep waiting to have that explosion game. Like a really just, big game. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, and it, it just hasn't happened. And so I went back and I looked because week two was, you know, Mac was out already. And that was his best week where he scored 22. And so I look, looked at the last three weeks. So they had the Jets game, which just got out of hand so fast that Jordan Wilkins ended up with like nine carries because there was, there was just no point in wearing down Taylor. Then he got the Chicago defense, which is just a good defense all around. And then Cleveland last week. And while Cleveland's not a great defense overall, they're very good against the run. They're giving up less than four yards a carry. They're fourth overall against the run in yardage. This week, he is not facing a very good run defense. He gets the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are, I believe, 30th. They're the bombers against the run. Allowed. Yeah. You know, so some things are improving in Cincinnati now that they have a franchise quarterback, it looks like. But the run defense is not somewhere where they're their strength yeah 159 yards per game allowed 5.3 yards per carry against running backs and you assume the colts will probably be leading this game so taylor is going to get some work 
I think this is a great opportunity for him to have that big game that we know he's capable of. Because this guy, if you watched him at all in college, he's a beast. He's got size. He's got speed. I think this is the week it all comes together. And you know that Frank Wright, who is a really good coach, uh, is is noticing that we got a great defense. We got a great offensive line. We got great running backs. And our receivers are underperforming, and Phillip Rivers is being Phillip Rivers. So the less he throws the ball, the better chance they have at winning. And I think you're going to see them start to actually run the ball more and more because Rivers has been really turnover uh, heavy, you know, this oh, season, yeah. which is not surprising. But <laughs> I just think that's going to lead to more carries, or you're going to get, you know, a, a backup situation. What's a guy from New England uh, who's still there? Brisk Brissett. Oh, and if he comes in, you know, they're going to run a lot because that's what they did last year. So um, my low uh, guy this week is Miles Gaskins, one of Joe's favorite picks. I think you picked him a few times this season. Uh, he's scored 14 points or more in three of his last four starts. It's pretty good for a $5,400 guy. He's got a great matchup this week. He's facing those Jets that we were talking about. Uh, or excuse me, he's coming off a, a game against the Jets where he yes. scored 20, uh, 20 points. Sorry about that. He's also had 23 receptions this season, at least four targets in every game uh, as a receiver to go along with 48 carries in the last three weeks. I, I think, again, he's a great value pick because he's not uh, – I, I just think he's going to get at least 12 to 14 points in a worst-case situation, and the Jets' defense is so bad, that could turn into a, you know, a much bigger uh, game, obviously – particularly if they get up big, which I think they will. And that's what uh, actually happened last week was the Dolphins got up big. They ran it a good bit down the stretch. I could see that uh, happening again this week. Yeah, I, I like that pick as well, especially because this last week he got three carries inside the 10. And that was kind of the thing with him was he was not going to get that goal line work. So if that's changing now, then I think he's like a legit running back too, like every week. For my cheap guy, I'm going with the Giants' own Devonta Freeman, 4,900. I mean, so here's what's happened with Freeman. He's played three games with the Giants. So first week, he'd only been on the team for like three days, five touches, scored one point. Next week, 15 touches, 11 points. Last week, 19 touches, 17 points. So he's ramping up. He looks like he's going to be the clear number one in New York. Yes, our offensive line is atrocious, so there are some weeks where it does not, it's not going to matter at all that he's the number one guy. Washington is not one of those weeks. They're not an awful run defense, but they are giving up 130 yards a game, and they've given up eight touchdowns rushing. Both of those are bottom ten in the league. I assume if the Giants take a lead in this game, and this is going to be their best chance like all season to have a lead. And they had one last week, but of course, Dallas is pretty preferred back. But At least I, against I, our teams. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Only team you can one. <laughs> that's true. But they at least always come close to winning. No, no, they are good, especially, <laughs> yeah. Washington is not that team. I know we're all excited that Alex Smith is back. But he averaged, I believe it was under three yards an attempt last week. That offense is still atrocious. 
And they're saying so, Cal Allen will start if he's healthy. They've already, oh, really? Rivera's already came out and said that if Allen's healthy enough, he will start. And he was bad. So he was bad last year. He'll be bad this year. And Jay, you know, Jason Garrett wants to run the ball. He's really, he's tried to stick with it in every game this year. It hasn't always worked. But I think this week is a good opportunity for that. And we're talking a guy who's the number one back on a team under 5,000. So. 4,900, I think Freeman's worth the risk right there. And you're starting to see it from him. As a Falcons fan, I just want to say Freeman was a great pass catcher. Uh, And he had, you know, two catches for 27 yards last week, four for 35 the week before. Uh, So even in the games that, you know, they struggled getting the ball running, it was something Freeman did in Atlanta throughout his entire tenure. He would, you know, usually in those games have, a few catches that, you know, would pick up a good bit of yardage. So I actually really like uh, that play a lot, and I hadn't even thought about him this week. So uh, moving on to wide receiver, because I got another Viking coming up, I'm not going to go into depth and just bash my Falcons (laughs) for 10 minutes every time we pick, you know, somebody. Uh, They're bad. It's really bad. It's depressing. Adam Thielen has 44 targets through uh, five games. He has three games with six receptions or more. He already has six touchdowns this season, and he's playing the Falcons. Like, don't overthink this. That's all I can say. Uh, He's a must-start. He's up there, you know, with what I said about Robbie Anderson last week, what I said about Allen Robinson the week before, uh, what I said about C.D. Lamb the week before that. I mean, it, it just you have to play the receivers for the Vikings or whoever's playing against the Falcons especially when they're as talented as Adam Thielen. And at 7,300, he's actually a bargain this week. When you look at the guys above him, I'm shocked that he's like the fourth option or fourth most expensive option. Yeah, I, I love the Thielen and play again this week. I, I mean, he he's just really good. <laughs> for yes. And yeah, it's a great matchup. Um, I also, I'm not picking this because it's just kind of too obvious, but... You know, if you're going to spend big on a guy, DeAndre Hopkins is not a bad option against Dallas. But uh, the guy I went with was just below him, Calvin Ridley at 7,800. I mean, he's he's had one awful game where he was really banged up against Green Bay. He and we scored, were getting destroyed. I yeah, mean, he, he only got like three targets that game. Yeah, everything was awful. He scored zero points that week. Really killed me in my season-long fantasy. But outside of that game, he's had at least 100 yards every single week. He's had at least 10 targets every single week. Julio Jones has not practiced this week yet. He might be out again, which only boosts Ridley even more. Um, Let me see here. Sorry, I'm having a little bit of internet trouble. So let's see. Oh, yeah, he's playing Minnesota this week. So (laughs) Minnesota. They're they're just as bad. Yep. 270 yards allowed passing per week, 10 touchdowns given up. And again, Calvin Ridley, outside of one bizarre week where he was hurt, has been automatic 100 yards, 10 targets. I think he's going to be awesome this week. So my mid-tier pick, and you mentioned him, you have to make sure, obviously, that he's healthy. But if Julio Jones gives it a go, if he is going to play at $6,700, you have to take him. The uh, the Vikings allow the fourth most points to opposing receivers in fantasy. 
He's at $6,700. I mean, you just have to understand that is as low as for fine Julio, especially for against such a bad opposing defense. Uh, Gage is questionable. Hurst is questionable. If he suits up, I expect him to get a ton of targets. And all you need to look at is last week, uh, I, I've said this uh, several times, that uh, Seattle's, uh, and now I'm blanking. This is the episode where I blank <laughs> on names. Metcalf, excuse me, DK Metcalf, who is basically mini Julio Jones, did work on that Viking secondary. I think Julio will too. I mean, again, you're just, to me, when you can get a guy like Julio this cheap at 6700 when you never can, if he is playing, I'm going to start him. If not, I'm going to give you a name just so I'm not, you know, leaving you hanging there. Uh, I really, really uh, also like, um, I'm sorry, I'm blanking here. The, uh, why don't you go ahead, Joe, and I'll come back. I'm sorry. I lost. Oh, I know. I'm sorry. It's Will Fuller this week. Will oh, Fuller yeah. has scored at least a touchdown uh, in the last three games or had 100 yards in four out of his last five. So he's either had 100 yards or scored a touchdown in four of his last five games. The Texans' offense is starting to look much better, and we just saw, again, that the Titans' secondary is very vulnerable. We said Derrick Henry's probably going to run wild. That would mean they were down. They're going to throw more. So I would play Julio if he is uh, available to play and starts. If not, I'm going with Will Fuller for my mid-tier pick. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've got Julio Jones dropping dropping down outside of, like, you know, the top five to ten. And a lot of that's got so. to do with Ridley, too. Yeah, that's true. But uh, the reality is we know that if if they're both healthy, they're going to put up numbers, especially because this team is going to have to pass. Yep. Uh, you actually mentioned this guy when we were talking about the QBs. That's Kenny Galladay at 6,200. Um, he's put up solid numbers of the two weeks he's played. He's over. He's averaging only about 60 yards, but that's not really that bad if he's giving it to you every week. He scored a touchdown both weeks, so you know Matthew Stafford's looking for him. And again, it's the Jacksonville defense. This is an awful defense. If if you can't take advantage of this defense, you're just not good. And I think Matthew Stafford and Kenny Galladay are pretty good. And this is not going to be the end of my Lions plays. I'm just going to tell you that now. I'm I'm all in on the Lions against the Jags this week. Well, I think you're a sneaky good football team just in general. Uh, my low tier pick is Travis Fulgham at 4,400. I'm honestly shocked he's still valued at this. I'm assuming it's because it's only been two games that, that he's really played where he had two catches for 50 yards and a touchdown two weeks ago. This week, obviously, he had the huge game where he had 12 catches for like 150 yards and a touchdown. Um, and also the fact that some of the Eagles receivers are coming back, but they're old and slow and unreliable. It's Deshaun Jackson. It's Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah. I'm still going to go with Fulgham. I mean, obviously, if you're getting 12 targets, I don't care if you're the only receiver on the field. That means that you and the quarterback have some kind of connection. Uh, he's very explosive, which he's shown in both of his touchdowns the last two weeks. I think he had five catches last week of 15 yards or more, so he's explosive. And, again, there's a good chance Philly's going to be down in this game, potentially awful often, uh, and it's going to just lead to more pass attempts and, and plenty of opportunities, in my opinion, uh, to gain you know garbage points. So at 4,400 for a guy that just had 
13 targets and 10 receptions for 150 yards and a touchdown. He's only played two games with Wentz or, you know, with the Eagles, and he has two touchdowns and almost 200 yards receiving. And again, he's already had five plays of 15 yards or more. I'm taking the upside on it with him. And even though he's got a tough matchup against the Ravens, I just still think he's going to be able to come through. You look, McLaurin had a tough matchup against the Ravens. I think he still ended up with like nine catches for 88 yards. I think Fulgham could have a similar stat line if he doesn't bust a big play. Yeah. I think he's actually just a solid long-term play as well. And they may have finally found, yeah, may have finally found a receiver too. I mean, obviously, you know, Rager and Jeffrey come back that could lead to fewer targets, but he's looked better than Deshaun Jackson looked. Oh yeah. Deshaun was in there and Rager's only a rookie. So I, yeah, I think he's going to be a pretty solid long-term play. So this week, going to the bottom tier, I like Christian Kirk at forty seven hundred. Oh, great pick. I mean, he's in the four. Obviously, you're playing it with DeAndre Hopkins. It's always some risk that Hopkins is just going to get all the targets because he's just that good. But Kirk's seen at least four targets all four weeks he's played. I believe his average target length is sixteen yards. So he has been a downfield threat, so they just kind of need to hit off more often on him. And last week, he finally started to really show some chemistry, getting five catches for 78 yards against the Jets. And, of course, the Jets are awful. But if you're following the Jets up with the Dallas Cowboys, I'm not really worried about falling back to earth. You know, And especially if Dallas decides to try and focus on taking away DeAndre Hopkins, which I doubt they'll be able to do, but they might try. And if they do that, then Christian Kirk is going to have a good chance to bust one. So I think he's a good play at 4,700. I mean, 4,700, you know, that's that's just like free if a guy does anything for you at that point. No, I I love that play. He was somebody that I looked at and really did think about in that uh, low price, not only for – uh, as a starting receiver, but also as for my flex, because, uh, you know, he really came on late last season. And a lot of people thought, oh, this is going to be their number one receiver. Well, then they went out and got DeAndre Hopkins. But yeah. Hopkins is going to, you know, continue to take up all kinds of attention. Hopkins is good enough. He's like a Julio and Antonio Brown, one of those guys. He's still going to get his, but it's just going to leave Kirk a lot of one-on-one matches. And Kirk's a big play guy. So I just love that, you know, not only the ability for that, but the ability for him to hit a home run. Okay, so the tight end position. I may like the tight end position more than I have in a long time. If you're playing a either Thursday to Monday or Sunday to Monday, I'm probably starting two tight ends uh, in most of my lineups, one in a flex. I'm going to start with Travis Kelsey at 7,200. He is a must-start. Like, if you're not going to play him at tight end, you need to play him at flex. Uh, he's been the most targeted and consistent weapon in the Chiefs offense, which is really good, again. Through five games, Kelsey has 46 targets. Six is the least he's had in a game. The least uh, he's, he's had at least 70 yards and or a touchdown each game this season and is playing a Bills defense that I've highlighted on numerous <laughs> times for their struggles and been beaten up on them and doing very well at the tight end position. This is the same defense that just gave up 50 yards and two touchdowns to Janu Smith last night. Uh, they're going to be on a short week. They're facing a pissed-off Kansas City Chiefs uh, team that is coming off a bad loss to the Raiders. 
He's played two bottom-tier defenses against tight ends this season. In those games, he has 18 targets for 14 receptions for 158 yards and two touchdowns. He is a must-start this week. He is basically a top-tier receiver. Again, you're getting him at that $7,200 value, which, I mean, he is up there with Calvin Ridley, DeAndre Hopkins. Name any receiver. I would take Kelsey against that Bills defense with any of those receivers because, again, he's getting at least six targets a game. He's got 46 targets in five games. That's over eight a game. Uh, and the, I mean, the Bills defense just gives up touchdowns to tight end. That's what they do. Uh, so I love Travis Kelsey this week. Yeah, like you said, impossible not to like him. And the other bonus is he's not the only elite tight end with a great matchup this week. So Mark Andrews at 6,300 is my top tier guy. He's facing a Philadelphia defense, which is 30th against tight ends in fantasy. And Andrews has seven end zone targets this year. He's, that's the most among tight ends. Not surprisingly, that's led to some great production. He has five touchdowns already this season. He has two multi-touchdown games. Last week, he had 100 air yards. That's second among tight ends. So again, he's not just a guy that you, people dink and dunk to, like Kelsey. He's a guy who can make plays all over the field. And again, Philly has been awful against tight ends. So, I mean... You get Andrews or Kelsey against teams that are bad against tight ends. Like, you just don't question it. Just play it. I completely agree. So, the middle tier, and again, he's a guy that in most lineups, I'm going to have Smith and Kelsey. Janu Smith is still at 5,200. I I don't understand it. Uh, Honestly, he has now, through four games, he has 27 targets, 18 catches, 221 yards, and five touchdowns. I mean, those are top like three, four tight end numbers. Those are the numbers that Kelsey and, you know, Waller and those guys type have, where he is putting up points. I mean, each week he's scoring at least 10 points. He had 22 last week. Um, But if that's not enough to convince you, just because of the price, he's facing a Texans defense that is 22nd against tight ends. And against solid tight ends, Kelsey had six catches, 50 yards, and a touchdown. Ebron had five catches, 52 yards, and a touchdown. Andrews only had one reception against them, but it was for 29 yards, and that was in a route to where the Ravens ran a ton on that Texans defense. I love Smith again, and he is now appearing to be the number two receiving option. Like, obviously, we saw A.J. Brown is still going to be their number one receiver when he's healthy. We saw that last night, but what was great was A.J. Brown went off, and Smith still got his. Uh, and he is the second guy. He was the second guy in targets, second guy in receptions, and he's number one in touchdowns. So eventually they're going to catch up, and he's going to be up there with those top-tier tight ends. Yeah. But until then, I'm going to just pound them, man, like whether it be at tight end or flex. Yeah, I mean, John, John looks awesome. Like, he looks great. I can't pronounce his name. That's the country. I don't know. Yeah, I never know. No, you're right, because somebody said that to me today, and I was like, I can't. I'm a redneck. I don't know. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, he, he's awesome. He's he's the guy I wish I'd been in on long for my sleeper. I was like, you All know what? I, I, I drafted him. All uh, see, he was like my number two after Hayden Hurst. So in one of them, I got Hayden Hurst, and that has not worked out so far. Yeah, he sucks. It's <laughs> a Falcons fan. All right, so my mid-tier guy this week is going to be TJ Hawkinson at 5,300. Like I said, I think... The Jags defense 
is awful. They're 25th against tight ends. Hawkinson has five end zone targets. That's tied for ninth in the entire league across any position. So Stafford's looking for him to score. And last week, I, you know, I, I almost was like, you know what, whoever starts for Houston would be a good play at tight end. Instead, I went with Thomas again, and he was awful. But Darren Fells, who is not, an, he's not like a speedy guy. He had a 40-yard touchdown last week against the Jags. So if he can take advantage of this defense, I think TJ Hawkinson definitely can. I, I, honestly, I think you can just, just ride the Lions. Even, even Swift at running back is just like, if Patricia is smartening up and realizing that maybe you should give the running, rookie running back more work instead of old man Adrian Peterson coming out of their bye, I think even he's a good long shot play. I think yeah, in he, standard leagues, Peterson's a, a must start. Like if it's just a standard non-PPR yeah. league, I think Peterson will That's score. That's true. Non-PPR, uh, he does a good play this week too. Yeah, just take – every week, take, take guys who are playing the Jags. Their defense <laughs> is atrocious. I like T.J. Hawkinson especially this week. All right, so my low-tier guy is Trey Burton at $3,100. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I didn't know Trey Burton was even in the league or on the list. <laughs> Uh, but I did some research when I saw him on there. He missed the early part of the season because he's on IR. I have discussed on this podcast how Philip Rivers loves throwing to running backs and tight ends. That has continued to be the case uh, this season. Cox went down last week. He is a wide receiver tight end, you know, kind of uh, flex, if you will. But if he's out, that's going to mean more options for Burton. Burton has came off back-to-back game with six targets. That's with Cox in for one game, and obviously he went out early in the last one. So it doesn't really seem like that matters. So it only would be an upside for his value if Cox doesn't play. And he had five receptions last week. Uh, I, I think he's a very interesting play at 3100 bucks. It's dangerous, don't get me wrong, because he's $3,100. Always dangerous, yeah, at this level. But I do think that unlike with Logan Thomas, who, you know, we love and uh, we play every week, I just think that he's got a little bit higher, uh, you know, floor. Like where if he does what he did last week, he had eight, nine points. And I think that's really about as bad as Burton's going to do if he ends up having five receptions most week. And I went back and looked. The Bengals are terrible also against the tight end. So that's even more reason to, you know, believe in Burton. Uh, and again, I just don't think they're going to let Rivers continue to throw the football down the field. He's got five picks in five games. He's fumbling the ball. I think it's going to be a lot more dink and dunk. I think that's good for their running backs, you know, obviously your uh, running back play, and then also the backup Hines. So uh, I'm going with Trey Burton as my cheap option at tight end for 3100 Yeah, I, I like how deep you went there. Trey Burton, I honestly – Totally. I assumed he was still one of the seven tight ends on the Chicago Bears. Dude, I was like, Trey Burton <laughs> plays for the Colts, and I loved it. I was like, shit, he's actually getting targets, too. Uh, so my long shot at tight end, I'm abandoning Logan Thomas. He's, he's burned me too many times. Also, he's facing my Giants. Who it's kind of a sad day good. on the podcast. We're not it going is. with Logan Thomas. The it era is, is over. But I mean, my Giants have been surprisingly very good against tight ends this year, which is the first time in like ten years since we had Michael Boley at tight end that we've been able to defend or a linebacker to defend any tight ends. 
So instead, I'm going to roll the dice on Jordan Aikens of the Houston Texans at 3300 co coincidentally the same price you'd get Logan Thomas at. Uh, this year, Aikens, he started off the first two weeks. He had double-digit point weeks both weeks. He was on his way to his third one against Minnesota in week four. He got concussed, missed last week. And again, Darren Fells had a solid game last week. Last year, Deshaun Watson threw nine touchdowns to tight ends, so it's not like he's not looking for his tight end. And so, again, Aikens, if he's healthy, he's only been a limited participant this week, but it's been a week and a half now since he suffered the concussion, so my expectation is he will play. He's been the starter over Fells. And again, 3,300, you can roll the dice on go those guys, especially a guy who's already given you multi two 10-plus weeks. As opposed to me going with Logan Thomas again, who's given us like three points the last two weeks. So if you're, you want a long shot, I like Jordan Aikens this week. I do. I think Tennessee is going to have the lead in that game because obviously they have looked like a much better team than Houston. So I expect Houston to have to throw. So I like Aikens to have a shot. All right, so let's move on to our flex. Uh, my high-tier guy this week, and again, there's a lot of options in that kind of high price range, but I'm going to go with James Robinson for $6,800. Um, you know, we've talked about how much we like the Lions, but if the Jaguars are going to compete in this game, there is one way and one way only to really uh, gut the Lions' defense, and that's to run on them. They're giving up 147.5 yards per game on the ground, and you got to remember, this is some games that they've been up in, like, big yeah. time. And they've still given up almost 150 yards. So they're bad against the run. That's the worst in the NFL. Robinson has been Mr. Consistency logging at least 10 points uh, in each game this year. So he's, he hasn't had any stinkers, which almost every running back in the NFL has. You know, all it takes is one game with 17 carries for 50 yards and no touchdowns and no receptions, and you have five points. Uh, he's averaging 17 touches a game. Good. Uh, and again, there might be plays that will get you more points in this range. But I just feel like that there's not a better option with a very low floor and the potential to have a big game. And Robinson, so let's say that you're worried well, the Lions are going to get up big and that's going to be a problem. Well, he catches passes. In the last three catches for 18 yards, Six for 83, four for 32, and five for 22. Real quick math, that's 7.2, 7.2, 14.3, and 4.8 points just on receptions. So, I mean, if he gets a touchdown, that's great, but you know you're going to get four or five points from this guy receiving. You know, obviously, he didn't even score a touchdown that game against Miami, and he got 14.3 points uh, receiving. He is a very good play, in my opinion, with a low ceiling against a terrible run defense, excuse me, a low floor against a terrible run defense, the worst in the league. I really like James Robinson at 6,800. Yeah, I like that play a lot too. Like you said, he awful defense. And James Robinson, man, he's he's a guy who's winning people season long leagues right now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a quick shout out to Alexander Madison, who you mentioned earlier in the pod. Obviously, the big question there is, will Dalvin Cook play? If he doesn't, good play against Atlanta. But the guy I'm actually going to go with is just a tad bit cheaper, Mike Davis at 7,000. Now, Chicago is a very good defense, but they've been better against the pass than the run by a fair margin. And so I think 
Joe Brady's probably going to lean a little bit more on the run game. And then, of course, even if he doesn't, though, Mike Davis has 30 receptions since taking over the backfield in Carolina. So that's over four games. Over those four games, he scored at least the, the first game, McCaffrey got hurt against Tampa. He still managed 15 and a half. Since then, he scored at least 22 points every single week. Like Mike Davis is giving you probably like 90 some percent of what McCaffrey was going to give you. And again, they're th- they're 3 and 0 with him, so they're not they're not worried about it. And yeah, I mean, a, a guy who's given you a minimum of 5 receptions a game in PPR, that's just insane value. So even in a matchup that's not, you know, this is not the 30th ranked defense like every other running back he's been giving you. <laughs> I think Mike Davis is just automatic production for as long as he's the number one back. And then, you know, as soon as McCaffrey's back, it's going to be the same. I think that's just a good offense. I think Joe Brady's got it down. I think it's a good team. Like, I mean, they got to learn to, you know, obviously stop the run, but they overall are a good football team. Yeah, outside of that run defense, they're just solid all over the place. They're a great great surprise team. Yes, they are. Good for Teddy. Uh, Yes. So my mid-tier is Justin Jefferson – $6,000. $6,000. I'll go into why, again, the Falcons are just – this will allow go into more detail. But Jefferson, he disappointed uh, me last week. He had a, a bad game against a bad Seahawks secondary, but he did still get five targets. Uh, that's the third straight week he's received at least five targets. And with his talent, he's going to consistently make plays if he's getting that many looks. So he has became the number two option in this offense behind Thielen. And the Falcons secondary, if you listen to the podcast last week, I talked about how bad they've been against duos, the, the top two receivers uh, against teams they've played. A reminder that Green Bay had nearly 300 yards and three touchdowns with a tight end and a backup running back. So we pounded and pounded. Panthers, Panthers, Panthers last week, Robbie Anderson. We said more would be a great play. I mean, the Falcons secondary is like a cheat code to DraftKings right now. <laughs> Uh, and then last week, the top two receivers for the Panthers, 12 catches, 203 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, there's a reason that both Jefferson and Thielen are included in my official picks. They're the, the one and two option at receiver against just a awful Falcons secondary. Uh, and I actually think Jefferson, if you're just going to play one, believe it or not, I kind of like him better because he's $6,000. Yeah. And the Falcons gave up a touchdown to Andre Miller. The Falcons gave up a touchdown to CeeDee Lamb. The Falcons gave up a touchdown to Moore. The Falcons gave up touchdowns to the number two receivers. So uh, I really like Jefferson. And again, if a receiver with talent is playing the Falcons, just play them until <laughs> it backfires. Because right now you're dumb not to be doing it. Yeah. I, 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 again, every every week we're all in on the offense, the receivers and the quarterbacks against the Falcons. I, you know I how much it pains me to sit there and just bash, you know, my team <laughs> secondary. But like, this is, you know, I'm not stupid. If I can win money, you know, against a weakness, it's like, I see them every week. I know how bad they are. <laughs> exactly. We know our team's weaknesses. It's like, exactly. like I've said, if you have a decent slot receiver against the Giants, play that guy all the time. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to have probably at least one of those guys and like every, one of those Vikings receivers and I think every team I play in DraftKings. 
my tip mid-tier guy, I'm going to go with Raheem Mostert. I mean, the, the Rams, we've talked about this before. They're another team, good defense, but there's, there's ways to take advantage of them in the run game. Again, my Giants did it. If my Giants can take advantage of you in the run game, anyone can. And Raheem Mostert is averaging seven yards a carry this year, which, is, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, well, that's insane. You can't keep it up. But I mean, what's his, I'm going to look up his career because his career yards per carry is over five. Oh, yeah. And, he, I mean, he was unbelievable down the stretch last year. And no one schemes the running game like Kyle Shanahan. Like he's, he's a, yeah, career yards per attempt for Raheem Mostert is 6.2. That's sick. Which I don't even understand how that's possible. I know he's only had 200 career rushes, but 6.2 yards per carry is nuts. And you know, uh, we all saw what what that San Francisco pass offense looked like last week. So they're going to be even more keyed up to just try and get by running the ball as much as possible this week. And again, that's the Rams' weakness on defense. I expect Kyle Shanahan to be even more aware of those weaknesses than I am. So I really like Raheem Mostert at 6,300. I, I think that's a really good play. He is um, – and the, the Niners need him because they are quickly oh, yeah. uh, falling apart in the NFC West. And that division's not good. up. It's really good. Uh, my my cheap play at uh, Flex is Nikhil Harry for the New England Patriots, $4,500. Um, Harry has been hard to kind of figure out, but – He's had 18, 22, 28 targets in four games. So he's averaging seven targets a game. Mm. He's had one touchdown. And really, honestly, what made me look at this is Denver has got a really bad secondary. They're giving up 275 yards uh, through the air per game, and they face the Jets. So you know that they're bad uh, against the pass. Seattle is the only comparable secondary that they face this year because the Patriots actually have faced some pretty good defenses, particularly against yeah. the pass. And in the Seattle game, he had 12 targets, eight receptions, 72 yards. I would take 15.2 points and a heartbeat, uh, you know, from my basically 4,200 or excuse me, 4,500, you know, flex position. I like Nikhil Harry. I also think the fact that, you know, Newton's coming off a bye. I think the Patriots offense is going to look really good because, they they practically just coming had a off a bye. Yep. They're always one of those teams that's going to be prepared coming off of a bye. Exactly, and if you think about it, Newton has had two weeks uh, to really learn the offense, and you know basically just be studying because he missed the game before with COVID, and and that was kind of the thing that really makes me feel the best about it was Harry still had three receptions, six targets last week without Cam Newton. You know, with Newton back, they're going to throw it even more. I actually really do like Canel Harry at forty five hundred. Yeah, I I was looking at him for my third tier wide receiver because yeah, I, he's a guy in PPR and non PPR standard leagues. I would just always stay away from Nikhil Harry, but in PPR, he's been a solidly productive guy for someone you're getting super super cheap. Um, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go throw two out there. I like Brandon Cooks at five thousand. He's coming off a huge game. Obviously, don't expect 160 yards and a touchdown every week. Because, again, he was playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. who are awful. But he's been a guy who, you know, we've kind of been waiting to see something from him. But 
you know, with Hopkins out, you really want to see more from Fuller and Cooks. Fuller has been pretty consistent. Cooks, we finally saw it last week. He's been in a lot of air yards. You know, he's always been a deep threat. And it seems like Houston, without Bill O'Brien, maybe they're going to be a little bit better now. So I like him at 5,000. They can't be worse. They, they can't be worse. And again, they played a tough schedule early on. Too, they did. So I, think, I think they're better than they've seemed the first few weeks. The other one I'd look at, and this is going to entirely depend. I like either of these guys depending on if Deontay Johnson is healthy. If he is healthy, he's 4,900. That's crazy. And again, I, you know, he's been banged up last couple of weeks, so we haven't seen it. But after those first two weeks, I, I felt like he was the number one receiver on the Steelers. So if you're getting him at 4,900 against the Cleveland de- defense that gives up a lot of passing yards, they've given up 12 passing touchdowns, there's going to be plays to be made there. So if he's not healthy, though... Yeah, Chase Claypool. Chase I meant to Claypool. bring him up. That's it, yep. Because, I, you know, I'm kind of selling Juju right now. I'm not a big Juju believer. You know, I think if there's a good matchup against a bad slot corner, you can play him. But otherwise... I like Deontay, number one for receivers in that offense. And any week he's not healthy, that means Chase Claypool is going to be the guy on the outside. And, I mean, God, we saw what he could do last week. That was – he – you know, I think everyone who won major money on DraftKings was someone who had Chase Claypool last week. And 42 points. And, yeah. Not a bad week. Obviously, no expectation he'll do that again at all this season. But if he gives you half of that for 5,200, you're in a really good spot. So if Deontay Johnson is out, I love Chase Claypool. And if Deontay Johnson plays, I really like Deontay Johnson. My uh, buddy is a huge Steelers fan, and he has been talking about Claypool for three months. And apparently, you know, you know the Steelers no receivers. But oh, apparently, God. they have seen immediately, they're like, this guy's special, like really special. Uh, and it's just scary that, again, they've just completely reloaded. I mean, who would have thought Smith-Schuster <laughs> might be their third best receiver by the end of this season, which is just insane. Yeah. Uh, the physical tools of Claypool, too. It's, it's unbelievable. Just, yeah. He's a monster. Deontay's the, like, route runner. And he's yeah. just a beast. It's kind of – they're kind of, to me, they could be like a Lockett-Metcalf type deal. Oh, I, I like that. I think they could be at that level in a, another year. I also think that it shows if Debo Samuel – was in San Francisco, you know, instead of Pittsburgh. I think they're very similar, uh, you know, guys and their talent and and just their skills. Uh, For the defenses, we normally don't spend much time. I'm not going to, but I got New England at 4,100 for my expensive one. Your Giants at 3,200. But I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I'm going with a cheap-tier option in every freaking lineup. The Miami (laughs) Dolphins are $2,900. They're my favorite play of the week, maybe Period. Because twenty nine hundred, <laughs> you're getting the Jets. So you're either getting Joe Flacco or banged up Sam Darnold. It's an offense that is terrible. And if you look at the Dolphins, they played two games this season versus subpar defenses. In those two games, they, they they've given up a combined twenty four points, recorded mm-hmm. nine sacks, forced three forced fumbles, three interceptions, and has held. Uh, three of the better offenses in the league this season to 31, 21, and 31 points, having already faced the Bills, the Pats, and the Seahawks. The Dolphins' defense, I think, might actually be for real. 
And again, they scored 12 points both times they faced a subpar offense. The Jets qualify as a subpar offense. They get pressure of the nine sacks. They had three force fumbles, three interceptions. I love the Dolphins this week for the defense. I have them in every single lineup I'm doing because, again, <laughs> if you get eight, seven, eight points in defense, you're happy. Every once in a while, you have yeah. what the Ravens did last week. I think they scored like 19 or 20 points. That's great. But most weeks, even the top-tier defense, like they're just going to score around seven, eight points. The Dolphins have got 12 twice. They gave me seven. Again, for 2900 I got all that money to spend elsewhere. And I just don't see them getting gashed by the Jets. So I love the Dolphins, $2,900. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'll tell you my other defenses in a second, but I also think that's probably the play. Considering 2900 is nothing, even for a defense. And like you said, the, the Dolphins seem like a defense you can predict. If they're facing a good offense, they're going to be trash and don't take them. And if they're facing a bad one, they will take advantage of that team. And I'm, no offense is worse than the Jets. I mean, maybe the Broncos, for as long as they're working with like third-string QBs, but it doesn't matter if it's Flacco or Darnold. The Broncos all... have at least talent at running back and receivers. And Jets don't even receivers. have that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Jamison Crowder's the number one. The hell's and... gone now. I mean, they're, they're literally going to be running for yeah. goal 30 times. It's I'm, great. I I'm can't just, wait. The only way I would ever be worried about taking a defense playing the Jets is the game after they fire Adam Gase. <laughs> True. But uh, otherwise, always love that play. And again, the Dolphins have shown they can take advantage of bad offenses. Uh, my top-tier defense, which, again, I'm probably not going to be spending this much on a defense this week, but... Colts at 4,000 against the Bengals. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love Joe Burrow long-term, but it's been a rough couple weeks. Especially well, we last saw week. last week against a really good defense. Yeah. What can happen? And the Colts may be better than the Ravens. Yeah, they, they have been so far this year. Number one in yards allowed, number two in points allowed. They have two more interceptions than they've allowed passing touchdowns. Wow. So this is not a defense that's been messing around. So... I, I like them. Stay away from every single Bengals player this week. Um, mid-tier, I think you you can play Washington or the Giants. That's just going to be a low-scoring game. Like, mm-hmm. Washington's going to sack Daniel Jones. They will probably get a strip sack because that's how it's worked under Daniel Jones. Because what did uh, you say? The Giants, they have one good corner, so your your nervousness is a slot. But when you're the Redskins and you have a quarterback, actually two quarterbacks, they don't want three quarterbacks, actually. <laughs> they don't want to throw it more than five yards down the field. you got to like your chances. Yeah, actually, that would be the one thing I would maybe – I don't even know who the like slot receiver is for Washington, but he's probably like $3,000. So <laughs> whoever that is, maybe that's a long shot play this week. And then my super long shot defense, I don't know that I would recommend this, but if you're going hard at a bunch of other positions and you want to just go super cheap, I kind of like the Chiefs against the Bills at 2500 I know they just got roasted by the Raiders, so there's, there's some risk. This is a defense that's $2,500. But every other week, they've looked pretty solid. Even against the Ravens, they gave you seven points. Um, and they're an interesting matchup with the Bills because the Bills have been fantastic throwing the ball, which it's a complete reversal of last year. Josh Allen looks like an MVP, but their actual running backs have not been very productive. Singletary's been okay-ish. 
but they've kind of struggled on with the run game, whereas the Chiefs have been an elite pass defense. But much like last year, you can gash them on the ground. So it's an interesting matchup of strength for strength, weakness versus weakness. So I think that's, that's the type of game you want to roll the dice on if you're looking for a cheap defense, where if they, can, if they don't get murdered by that Bills run game, I think they can do a good job of harassing Allen, forcing him into a mistake. I'll be surprised. Bills on a they, very short week, too. Remember yeah, that. Yeah, the, the Bills have had just a weird week, too. They were like half preparing for the Chiefs. So, yeah, and they're going to Kansas City. I think, and the Chiefs, I feel like they've got to be, that whole team's got to be livid about what happened last week against the Raiders. They should be because they eliminated me from the eliminator pool on ESPN. So I'm, I'm a little I was saved by the Seahawks. How about that, man? Oh my gosh. God, on the edge. But yeah, I think the Chiefs defense is due for a little bit of a bounce back. I could see, I think they force Allen to at least one turnover. And if you get a turnover, especially, you know, if it turns into a touchdown, that's that's what you're hoping for every week because that's automatic positive points for a defense. So I think long shot, I like the Chiefs, but overall, I'm with you. I love that Dolphins Jets matchup at 2,900. Yeah, let's just hope it's not like with gambling where it's a trap because it just looks too good to be true. <laughs> I keep looking at it and I'm like, this can't be right. Like they have like housed the two bad offenses that they play. Like really, like just tore them up. Uh, and the Jets is arguably the worst offense they've played. I mean, they're nine and a half points favorites, and they're at home. Uh, so, I mean, it's just – I mean, we've seen I'm doing the Jags it. and Niners do good work against some teams. Exactly. We have not seen the Jets look good against Exactly. Uh, you got anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Um, not really. I would just say, like, like me, everyone else, catch up on this – the boys podcast that you guys just did. I'm – I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but I'm excited. I, that season two was, I honestly didn't remember how much I liked it. I, like, it's, you know, so much time passes between seasons of streaming shows that I, I was just like, oh, it was great to be back with some of these characters who aren't Homelander because he's awful, but <laughs> in a very entertaining way. And can I just ask you, did you guys talk about the way that they uh, released it? Yes, we, we did. Uh, okay. You know, I, I discussed that. I was at first really pissed because obviously you know, they, they put out the three episodes. So yeah. I assumed maybe they were going to do like three, three and two or something, you know, yeah. like, and then when that one episode came out next week, I was so mad. But then when I started thinking about it, I actually really liked it because it, it you know, the one down, you know, part of like Netflix and stuff is that I'm a binger. So if, if I, you know, if a show comes out, I'm going to blow through it in like, you know, three, four days. Right. I'm going to watch the entire season, especially if it's something I really enjoy. And by making it wait a week, I, you know, usually watched it at least one more time. You know, I'd watch the episode again. I'd read all kinds of articles. I'd get on right. Reddit and, you know, read the theories. It would give me something to look forward to each week in, you know, 2020's, uh, 20s bizarro world. <laughs> and I just discussed that, like, Lost is one of my favorite shows of all time. Oh, I and, I all binged, and I binged it. So I didn't really have the problem. I actually loved the season finale. I, I mean, the series finale. I actually I liked the last season. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I thought, well, maybe that's part of it is, you know, I wasn't week to week, like, you know, thinking about it, uh, you know, for all those years. And maybe that's what upset them. But 
I mean, I did. Like when I got done, I remember watching Wallace and going, "Man, you know, I'd heard, I didn't know what happened, but I yeah. heard so many people hated the last season and the finale." And I'm like, "What's the hate? Like that show's freaking <laughs> awesome! Like I thought it was great." Uh, and so I think that may have played a part. And I just think that if Amazon's smart, especially with this being their by far yeah. the most expensive or hot commodity, and they needed one. Uh, I think they have the right idea of doing it week to week because it gets people going to your site every right. week rather than just for a couple of days, and you're more likely to look around and probably watch other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I, I loved it. And, uh, you know, I didn't even watch the first season of The Boys until about two, three months ago because oh, Sam yeah. kept talking about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I really do. I think it's one of the best shows on television right now because, uh, and again, we discussed this on the podcast, it has so many gears. Uh, it's a show that's extremely violent. It's extremely grim. It's extremely dark, but it also has a lot of heart and, you know, redemption, yeah. and good acting. And I mean, it just, it has all these different gears and it really does a good job of, you know, fitting all those pieces together. And then on top of that, it's almost eerie how much what's going oh, on in God. the show has to do with what's going on in the world, which we talked about as well. So, I mean, it just, I loved it. And it's just a bummer that we know we're at least a year away from oh, episodes. Uh, maybe could be more. Right. Yeah. So, but, uh, no, we, we definitely love it. Well, one other thing I want to mention, because it, it really amuses me, especially as someone who lived in New Zealand for a couple of years, is that ultimately it's kind of about two New Zealanders who really hate each other, although one of them is playing a super American in Homelander. So that, that that's always made me just laugh. It's just like a subtle joke outside of it. And Billy's accent, man, is just, I couldn't believe Sam said that he had never had any trouble understanding him. I'm like, are you kidding me? Me and my <laughs> wife got such a kick the first couple of us going, going, what the hell is this guy saying? So we turned on the closed captions and, you know, eventually kind of figured yeah. out his cadences and stuff where we could understand it. But he also brought up a great point. You know, Sam's so funny that he goes, the way he says diabolical and cunt is just, oh, you know, better than anybody in the world. And I was like, yeah, it's yeah. up there with Logan Roy saying, fuck, I could hear it mm-hmm. all day long <laughs> a million times. And it just always, you know, makes me laugh. So, uh, but it, it's, it really is. It's a great show. And I'm really thankful I told Sam that he got me into it. And what's even more interesting is Sam is a comic book guy. And he said he did not enjoy the comic book at all. Yeah. And he thinks that the TV show is a million times better uh, which is interesting because normally I will kind of not buy comics or anything, but I'll read like on Wikipedia and stuff like comic right. book, you know, like storylines and stuff. And usually they're pretty good. Uh, so it's interesting. I haven't even looked at it because of what he said, but then I have seen some videos on the internet and stuff showing differences in it. And it is like wildly different. Like Maeve apparently is not even really a main character uh, in the comic books. And she is, I think, one of the MVPs of the show through two seasons. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I've actually heard a couple people say that it's it's the reverse of Preacher, where I've heard most people were right. like, the comic is an all-timer, and then there's conflicted feelings about the show. But I, yeah, I've seen a couple people, because I always read the AV Club re- reviews, and just like in the comments and the discussion, it seems like a fair number of people seem to agree with Sam on that, that it's, it's taken it in, a, I guess, probably just 
slightly less fucked up directions is what, what the vibe I get, even though the show is still very messed up. He said it's very juvenile, like the humor yeah. and the comic to where, you know, there's still a lot of dark humor. Like I, I said, one of my favorite moments is when Homelander throws his son off the roof and it's like, it was only 20 feet. Like, come on, man. Like Ooh. put some dirt on it. Uh, but it was horrifying and hilarious. At the it is. Point. I mean, and that's what's great about, it. but they walk that line really well. And that's yeah. what I mean is they just, they, they do a good job of kind of mixing all these different things uh which to me there's there's not a lot of tv shows out there that can say that and do it at a high level at least so yeah. um but so yeah definitely check out the boys uh recap for about an hour and 15 minutes me and sam do a, a quick recap of season one and uh two uh and then we basically discuss uh you know what we thought about the the, the way they release the episodes, we, yeah. we talk about the MVPs of the season, our favorite uh, moments from the season, and then we get into talking about the politics, which I know that bothers some people, but it is. I mean, it, there's a lot of stuff it's that... It's a very political or, show. Yeah. And I mean, you know, neo-Nazis and uh, all kinds of stuff. So uh, we definitely appreciate that. Definitely be sure to join the IB Facebook group. And I will just warn the people in the Ivy Facebook group that are listening to this podcast that if we have another good week this week, man, I am going to be <laughs> like I posted like eight times updates on our picks because every game another yeah, guy would go off. And it's two weeks in a row really that we've given really good picks. And, you know, it's out of love. That's what I was trying to tell them. It's just that I want y'all to win money. Exactly. And, you know, who knows how long our picks will be this good. So you should listen now while they're hot. But. <laughs> Uh, Joe, always enjoy this, and uh, we will uh, be back next week for another edition of the Weekly Daily Fantasy Podcast.